Today we're talking about all kinds of hope. We've been dialoguing about hope for the last couple weeks. We got two more today and next week we will continue to talk about what it is to have fresh hope at Christmas and ultimately fresh hope that lasts every day of your life now and for eternity for those who follow Jesus. Jesus is full life today and hope for tomorrow. And the season of Christmas is a great season to, to reflect on what God has done, but as well look into the future. And the question would be, I guess, if you're going to ponder it, is, is your heart filled with hope? Like, do you have hope for the future? Or, you know, the, the word hope is, really means expectation for tomorrow or, or future expectation. And... Uh, but what happens when our future doesn't have a positive outlook or a hopeful outlook? What happens when things begin to get challenging and, and what are we going to grab a hold of then if the news isn't good and hopeful? Like what do I do? And, and that's what we found in the scripture is that we can have confident expectation in Jesus and through Jesus. And we're going to dialogue about some of the aspects of that hope today. Uh, we've looked at hope itself a couple weeks ago. Last week, we looked at some false things we put our hope in and uh, what that leads us to. But today, we're going to look at experiencing fresh hope through three different kinds of hope in a moment. Romans 5, 1 through 5. It'll be on the screen. It's on your handout. Or if you're following along on the app, it's there. It says this, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of understand or of, of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And his hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Our big idea today is, is right out of that text in verse 5. Hope will not lead to disappointment. Hope will not lead to disappointment. While problems of many kinds and trials can often derail those who don't have the expectation of hope through Jesus, for us who follow Jesus, if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, it does the opposite. It like ramps us up because we develop endurance and endurance then leads to strength and strength then leads to character, and character gives way to this, this hope that will not lead to disappointment. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we're looking forward to. And we see these problems and trials, and it fuels our hope, which is weird. It's backwards. I had the opportunity to pause and pray with a couple people today, even as they entered, because ultimately their life is filled with challenge right now and trials. But we have this hope 
we have this opportunity to realize, God, I don't, you're doing something in me and it is, it hurts right now, but Lord, give me this hope in tomorrow. Sometimes that's our only prayer. That's all we know how to pray is, God, what are you doing? Illuminate the hope in me right now. Let me see it because I know that your word promises that you're developing in me hope through this. Romans 8.18 says it this way. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we, he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believe, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Verse 24 lands here. Listen to this. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something, we don't yet have we must wait patiently and confidently. Hope does not lead to disappointment. We have this hope, all kinds, this multifaceted hope that we can put our trust in that gives us this well-rounded faith and life experience. And today we're going to look at three aspects or kinds of hope. And the first we just heard right there in that text, confident hope. Confident hope. Kind of like what we have for the Seahawks clinching a playoff berth today. Confident hope that they can beat San Francisco. Come on, people. Just talking with Kansas City fan that we actually have attending here today. And there's not confident hope playing Seahawks at home next weekend. Okay, anyway. Uh, banter on football. I could just get way off track and look forward to the Rose Bowl. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> jab. Go Huskies. Uh, Jesus began his ministry by giving this sermon on a mountain. And uh, they called it the Sermon on the Mount. Good title if you're giving a sermon on a mountain. He's given this sermon to all these people teaching in his ministry years uh, to, to these people after he'd been baptized. And he's just rattling off all these truths that were really echoes of, of truths throughout the Old Testament that people had learned. But he's showing them this new grace and mercy angle on these things and this deeper understanding because he came to bring fulfillment to the scriptures. And so he's teaching on all kinds of stuff you can read right at the beginning of his, his, his ministry years. And it ends like this in Matthew 7, 28. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So everyone was amazed at his teaching, not because of what he taught. They'd heard it before. 
they were amazed at his teaching because of the way and his conviction and his authority and his confidence that he haven't had in teaching it. And I, when I was a new follower of Jesus, like that passage for me was like a speed bump. I like read it and I was like, oh, so this is different. Like, because it sounds the same to me reading for the first time. If I'm reading through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, it's, it's, it sounds like just a teaching. But to them, it was something very fresh and new and insightful, not because of what was being taught, but because of the authority in which it was being taught. And we have this opportunity to have that same kind of hope because we have the text of the Old Testament as well that Jesus was rehashing, right? We have all these scriptures and we can have the same confidence because that confidence comes up from within us because we have the Holy Spirit at work in us when we choose to follow Jesus. We can speak out of this confident hope. And oftentimes it's that very thing that makes somebody around us go, well, there's just something, you know, I've had an experience before with the faith, but there's something different. What is it? A confident hope. It's a hope that is alive, that we know that is, is a deep-rooted conviction. And that's what's amazing about Christmas is we're able to dive in and look at all the aspects that led us to today. Still worshiping the birth of Jesus because he came, the Son of God, to this world to take upon himself our sins. To live a perfect life, go all the way from the manger scene, the birth of Jesus, to the cross so that we could have the promise not only of life today, but eternal life. It's amazing. It's really incredible. We have the ability to dive in daily into Scripture and see this hope and to have this deeper-rooted confidence that we're growing daily, shaping our lives, course-correcting. We can also ignore the freedom we have to read the Bible and grow cold and, and harden heart and speak out of less confidence, therefore making our conviction or hope less confident. And people feel that as well on the, on the opposite side. Psalm 71.5 says... You have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since youth. Jeremiah words it this way. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Why does everything seem to fall into place for them, people might say. Why does, why does it just work out well for them? I, honestly, I, when you look at somebody's life and you're just like, nothing ever goes wrong for them. I would dare to say things do go wrong for them. They handle it differently. They have a different outlook on its repercussion. They have a confident hope that this isn't the end. That just because it didn't go their way, they did not give up. They trusted the Lord. It says right there, blessed are those who trust the Lord. And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They didn't put their trust in the things of this world. They didn't, as last week Jaden hit on, put their trust in false hopes. The Lord is their hope. And he does not lead to disappointment. If our hope is our finances or our, 
our job or our home or our marriage or our kids, how easily are we going to be disappointed? Because things fail. People fail. But if your hope is in the Lord, he will not disappoint. Romans 12.12 says it this way. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Why do we sing songs to open up services in churches? Man, one, one of the realities is because we know what happens inside when we rejoice. Man, we're rejoicing. Come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. I'm a whistler. Some have told me I'm creepy when I walk into a place and I'm whistling. You're like the, the, the older guy walking and whistling. It's just kind of creepy. One of our friends said that one time. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should stop. But I haven't. I can't. I just whistle. It's a thing. Uh, I was enjoying this morning setting up because Renee was whistling too. We were like having a whistling competition. She was setting up the connection area. And it's just, what is that? It's joy. It's like, it's rejoicing that's overflowing, right? That's just, that's just something that we should carry as those who have our hope in the Lord. This deep rejoicing. I don't know, I have blind optimism. Some, anybody else just totally every time you're optimistic. Like your outlook on life is like it's going to work out. Sometimes that gets us in trouble if you're like me because we'll take risks. Come on, I'm seeing some. Yeah, and we'll just do things that maybe we should have thought through a little longer. So we need to surround ourselves with people who maybe want to think a little longer than us, which is why I married my wife. And uh, so it's like, but there's an element of that that is confidence and confident hope. And when you balance this risk factor and confident hope, beautiful things can happen in the world around us. All of scripture is filled with those who had confident hope and took risks and did incredible things for God's glory. And now we have Jesus, the ultimate culmination of all this hope that we could put our trust in and our faith in and live out this same kind of Dare, I remember a few years ago when the, one of the elementary schools here, Liberty Ridge Elementary School, whom we give these gifts to that you've been bringing. You guys are so generous. It's amazing. We uh, were one of the first years we were partnering with them, and they were a little nervous to let us like, be responsible for 100% of their gifts. So we're buying these gifts, and, and they're like, well, we could do just one per kid. And we're like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? Well, if we had our way, we would do... We have a want and a need. We're like, do it. Let's do it. And they were just calculating, but that means it would be like this many gifts, and I just don't know that we could ever pull this off. And there was this doubt in the counselors and those that were trying to brainstorm Christmas for those in need in our school. And we were able to come alongside of them with confident hope and almost just say, let's, let's see what happens. And not only that first year, I'll never forget the counselor calling me and going, you wouldn't believe what's happening. Like, not only are we able to do the want and the need, but we've had this come in from the community, and we can even do a third gift. And that was not, that counselor was not a follower of Jesus, but was experiencing the reality of confident hope coming through a faith-filled people impacting that school. It was cool. He would never tie it to that. 
But in my mind, I was like, this is God. This is God doing this and blessing this community. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I love how that opens up. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Can, can I just say, we're praying that for you as a church. Thank you for being here. When you fill out those connect cards, it's not just so that we can have your name and email. I love it when people jot their prayer requests on the back, and we pray for those. Not only those, but we just pray for everybody who is here. And praying that God would fill you with that confident hope. They would flood your life with light. And we need those kind of prayers. We need those kind of prayers because we live in a world that has issues. That has issues of darkness. That things don't go our way. The road ahead might look dark. It might not, you might not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Cancer may be back. But hold on to hope. He will not disappoint. Job cuts may be looming, but hold on to hope. Another month and, and you're still not pregnant. Hold on to hope. I'll share about that in a second. Family issues are high tension. Hold on to hope. They took the child back you thought you were going to adopt. Don't give up. God knows your story. He's for you. You're called to confident hope. And what an amazing inheritance we have. It goes on. It's all over scripture. Hebrews 7.19. For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope. Through which we draw near to God. That's Jesus. Jesus is the door that opens our hearts to the Holy Spirit, right? When he ascended into heaven, he says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us when we put our trust in Jesus and this gift of the Holy Spirit within us illuminates hope so we can have more confidence and trust in what God has promised us. Confidence in the hope of salvation. Confidence that this hope we have will not disappoint. The second aspect or thought, eager hope. Eager hope. So not just confident hope, but eager hope. We already read Romans 8, 19 through 21, but I'll, I'll say it again here for you. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are against its will. All creation was subject to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when I will rejoin when, um, when, where it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. We should have eager hope. It's been said that followers of Jesus have one foot in this earth and one foot in heaven. Like we're citizens of two worlds, right? Our eternity and our current living. Dual citizenship. And we're set free from the overwhelming realities of this life because of the hope we have in that. Life to the full now and the hope of eternal life. Galatians 5.5 5 says it, By faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. 
or Philippians 1, 20 through 21, I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death, for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Two, two citizenships, now and eternal. He says again in, in Philippians 3, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies, change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Man, we are so close to Christmas. We should be eagerly filled with hope for things. And oftentimes we eagerly put our hope in things that are more earthly, right? We're eagerly hoping for that perfect gift. We're eagerly hoping for that vacation that's so close. Or maybe the one we're going to plan for next year. We're eagerly awaiting a new year because 2018 was 2018. We're eagerly awaiting a child. Okay, I told you I was going to come back to it. I remember how nervous I was for our first child, which became children. Uh, uh, getting pregnant was not an easy thing for Dana and I. It was not because we weren't doing it, everything right. Okay, never mind, I won't go down that road. Let's, uh, it was just hard to get pregnant. Um, different lesson, different time, different class. Join, re-engage. No, <laughs> chapter 16. Okay, move, no, 14. Chapter 14. Uh, so moving on. Uh, no, we, it, was, it was a struggle. And when we thought, you know, we had this plan, we had this schedule, and we said, man, we're going to be married for this many years, and then we're going to have kids, and then we're going to live happily ever after. And, you know, that was our eager hope, that life we had. And, and it didn't happen. Like, and then, then another month, and another month, and another month, and it we weren't pregnant, and we weren't pregnant, and we weren't pregnant, and then it was that introspection, and this is my fault, and this is my life, and this is, ugh, and the pain grew, and it became more, it was tense, and a year became two years, and we were off, we were off our plan, and it just kind of threw our world into a little bit of a funk. We're pastors at the time, but we're still just going, Lord, right? Things weren't easy. Then all of a sudden, a miracle happened, and we, we were pregnant, and then we found out that God was going to catch us up to our calendar, like our predicted schedule all at once, and there were two, and we got nervous, and then it was a high-risk pregnancy because it was twins, and we were like, oh, man, you know, uh, so there's lots of appointments, and we were just kind of nervous going through that process of pregnancy, and it came closer to the end, and then it became the nervousness and this eager waiting for, man, I have two kids, baby A and baby B. What is going to happen? You know, and you're just, you're, you're nervous, and you don't know if you're going to be a good parent, and you're reading all the books to figure out what kind of a parent you need to be, and the instruction books. You guys all read the instructions, right? Anyway, uh, so... We were reading, right, there's no instructions. We were reading these books and get to this point where it's time, right? And we're just waiting. The bags are packed. The room's set up. Everything's ready for the car. And I remember, man, my phone would ring. I'd see Dana's 
name on the phone, and I would jump up, and it's like, now's the time, now's the time, before I even answer it, and I'd answer it, and it was like, when are you going to be home for dinner? I was like, oh. I was just eager for her, right? It was like, every time, it's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Did your water break? <laughs> no, okay, okay. You know, it was just that weirdness, and well, uh, if you know our twins, they, some could say that they're a little strong-willed, and now and then, not to pick on anybody that looks alike in the front row, but the, uh, uh, you know, even then they were in a fight in the womb as to who was going to come out first. And they were battling so hard that neither of them wanted to come out first. So we didn't have that Father of the Bride 2 moment where Frank is driving us to the hospital and everything's chaotic and we run in and it's, we were we scheduled that moment, and, and now they're very scheduled, and, uh, and it's just kind of continued that way, right? Right? Okay. Is this embarrassing for me to talk about you while you were in, in the womb? You were womb mates? And uh, so, but it's just, you look at this moment, and there was eager, like, when I thought through my life of a time I eagerly awaited, had to have been that first pregnancy. Now I eagerly awaited the next two kids as well. But uh, I, I was just like, this was the first kids. I was nervous. I was freaking out. Two of them at once. This is going to be crazy. And what a moment it was. But just as intense and eager as that, we are given this promise of having this intense, eager hope in our Jesus. And not only what he's done, but what he will do in our inheritance of eternal life through faith in Jesus. Like this eagerness. The, the early believers, I think, really had this perspective and eagerness. They were so eager for Jesus that some of them would like climb up on hilltops and like wait for his return and had to be convinced, you should go to eat still. You know, like don't just, he's, it might not be today. They were eager. Back to Christmas. Have you ever been eager as a parent? I'll talk to the parents in the room. To give the perfect gift to your kids. Like just, I, I, I'm so eager for them to open this. Because this is going to be the like video moment. This is going to be that moment online where it's just like, oh, I got the gift. And you've wanted that. I mean, we've dreamt of that moment. I don't know we've ever nailed that moment. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've tried to do that. And you can become so eager for the perfect gift moment. But then it's easy for it to go south, right? You know, it's easy for all of a sudden it wasn't the right brand. Or um, you may, you're, maybe you're nervous about whether it's the right color. We had one of those moments. Oh, it wasn't the right color one year. And it was like running around and trying to find the right color because... Dana is like the best mom ever and actually was daring enough to go out and run around and try to find the right color to bring peace to the chaos. And it's on video if anybody ever wants to come over and watch that moment. But the, uh, you know, just we want this perfect moment. Well, God wanted that for us too. And he knew that perfect moment, that perfect gift for us that we could that he was eagerly awaiting for and wants us to eagerly hope for, that was in his son, Jesus. Like that's, 
That's the perfect gift he gave us. And we can confidently and eagerly put our faith in this gift of Jesus. This baby born in a manger, the son of God to save the world. It's a hope that we can put in Jesus that will not disappoint. Which leads to thought three. Expectant hope. Oh, that, that sounds a lot like eager. Well, actually, I'd say expectant hope is when you combine confident hope and eager hope, you become expectant, right? Like, I am fully expecting. Colossians 1, 3 through 5 says, We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This good news, this Jesus news. When you combine confident and eager hope, you get expectant hope. Why? Because we put our hope in Jesus. Jesus can stir expectancy. And not just for eternal life, which we put our eager hope in, but life to the full right now, today. The encouragement we need to get through the situation we're in, to get past the news we've just received, to, to deal with the next challenge when we get home or in the car. When we hear and celebrate the hope of the life of Jesus, we stir expectancy for our future. And I'm praying that you would be stirred with expectancy for your future. We talked about it the first week when we looked at hope. But realizing the people that experienced Jesus' birth in person and the whole scene that we're going to focus in on next week of the nativity ultimately where you have you know, the wise men approaching from afar that follow a star. Shepherds who when an angel spoke to them about the, the coming Messiah, that the Messiah was there, knew, these shepherds knew what they were talking about. What, what does that mean? Like, what's the significance of that? It means that generations after generations after generations had shared their expectant hope of the coming of Jesus. And people... For thousands of years put their trust in the fact that God was going to send a savior. A king that would reign forever. And we looked at those Old Testament passages that promised Jesus. And people, and this takes I think so much more faith than you or I have. Because we have the scriptures. We can open up the Bible, a version app, and read a Christmas devotional and realize the reality of Jesus and have confident hope in it because there's so much to back it up in Scripture. But those guys were going off of a future prophetic word about a Savior coming. And they had to extend their faith from generation to generation to generation. Yet they still had expectant hope. Not just the religious people but those working in a field, watching their sheep, got it. 
when an angel came and told them, a Savior has been born to you this day. That's hope. And I'm praying fresh hope over you. Because God is for you. God is not against you. He sent a Savior, not a condemner. He sent his Son to save us. Because he was so for us. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. He sent Jesus so you could place your hope in him. So our challenge or our action point today is that you would hold on to hope in Jesus. Why hold on to hope in Jesus? Well, some of you may need to choose Jesus. Maybe you've never gotten to that point where you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to move beyond knowing about you, and I'm actually going to choose to follow you today. I'm going to move from just inquiring about Jesus, and I'm going to put my faith in Jesus as like the promise of life to the full today and the hope for life eternal. That's some in the room. But others, we need to hold on to the hope because our expectation may be lagging or our eagerness or our confidence may be wavering because of the season we're in in life. Maybe things haven't gone as planned. Maybe health concerns are so high and, and issues at home are so painful that it's hard to hold on to hope. But we're going to pray for you to be able to hold on to hope today. Others, maybe you just need to elevate your hope because if your hope is illuminated and people go, man, why are they so blessed? Your hope will be contagious. Others need to know about Jesus around you. Something happens when we can live this life that illuminates hope. Other people around us are positively impacted and their expectation rises. So that's the kind of prayer we're praying over you. We've been praying every week in a specific passage we've been praying. Romans 15, 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Completely with joy and peace. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our prayer for you. I'm going to pray for you today. God, I thank you for everybody that was able to make it today, for the beautiful sweaters, for those who decided to don the amazingness and have some fun today, for the cute Christmas pajamas on the kids. But why we gather is our hope in you. The reason we gather is to celebrate and rejoice in this hope we have in Jesus. And God, I thank you for sending your son to come to this world through the Virgin Mary so that we could realize our hope is sourced in you. That we could put our faith in Jesus and, and not only have the promise of life eternal, but life today. That the things that would overwhelm others would gain no victory over us. We would find true life and hope in Jesus. And so I pray that God today, for those that need to choose to follow you in this room, they would do so by simply inviting you into their life. That they would say, Jesus, come into my life. I choose to follow you today. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I don't want to just know about you. I want to be impacted by your life. 
in your life through me. And Lord, for the rest of us, would you give us that expectancy and confidence and eagerness to hold on to hope? That we would not let go of it, but have such confidence that you'll come through no matter the news that comes at us, that you will prove faithful, that your hope does not disappoint. God, elevate our hope so that the world around us can be filled with hope. Pour out hope into those who have no hope through us. Not only this week, but this entire Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship team is going to sing today. Give you time to reflect. And if you grab that Connect card, turn it over and respond today. Or do so digitally. We want to pray with you. We want to celebrate your choices today in choosing Jesus. We'll be back in a second to close out the service.